you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Guys, Roger back at you here at the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. So glad you could tune in. I'm so excited to bring you an episode with an old friend of mine who I've gotten to know pretty well over the past year and a half. He's what I would call a renaissance man, a real impresario of the hospitality space, Mr. Joshua Capel. What you may not know is he was forced to close his Michelin-starred restaurant in Los Angeles, something he had worked, put his heart and soul into and built up over the years in order to, you know, really put his stamp on Creole and Southern style cooking in Los Angeles, a really cool concept that is now closed. But that has not stopped him, that has not slowed him down. He has pivoted numerous times, reinvented himself, and now with a new partner, Mr. Roger Avats, he has created something called inhousedelivery.com that gives the restaurant owner his control back, his or her control back over the restaurant. You know, there are all these high profile third party delivery platforms out there. We all know they take a large chunk of the change out of your menu of what you sell. But worst of all is they control the customer data. Well, inhousedelivery.com gives you back control, gives you all the data on your customers so that you can make informed choices on your menu. You can literally market to these people, but they make it simple. They can, whether you have an online ordering platform or not, they can provide it. Whether you have in-house delivery drivers or not, they can provide it. They take care of all the details, and it's like the air traffic control of you know online ordering and in-house delivery. It's an amazing episode. You're going to learn a lot. And there's also a a free trial if you stick around to the end. So don't miss this episode. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. These are engaging topics that help restaurants rock their profits, build their brands, deliver amazing guest service experiences. And this episode is all about all of that. And interestingly, I have two guests today. But but one of the guests, Joshua Capel, and I kind of go back a ways. And Joshua and I met, oh, I don't know, a year and a half ago. And Joshua was this Southern guy from Louisiana, and he moved to LA, and he started sort of transforming the restaurant industry there and the bar industry. So welcome to the show, Joshua. How's it going? I mean, all things considered, good. I, uh, you know, a new mission, new year, and, and yeah. trying to... Uh, trying to make an impact. So I've always thought of you as this sort of hospitality, sort of impresario and renaissance man. You know, that's how I think of you because (laughs) you've you've done some really, really cool things. You owned a bar on Hollywood Boulevard. You had this really cool restaurant called Prue and Proper and then COVID hit and you've pivoted numerous times and now there's a new pivot and we have another guest that I'd like you to introduce. Who else is with us today? Uh, my business partner, Roger Avats from uh, inhousedelivery.com. We partnered together on this project because Roger is a technological genius and he has created a solution to a problem that uh, we all face as restaurateurs. That's awesome. Roger, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah, no, it's great, great to be here. Uh, nice, nice to meet you. So, you know, there's so much... Uh, 
there's so much talk in the hospitality space about how the need for delivery and the need for a whole new business model due to the pandemic has happened. And yes, there are third-party delivery companies and you sort of are shifting, you're disrupting the whole delivery model and you're literally, you know, transforming what what is traditionally been this sort of third-party delivery thing and now bringing it in-house. And I'm really intrigued by that because there's so many benefits to it. Let's talk first about the idea, where the idea came from. Then let's talk a little bit about the technology. And then we're going to get into the ins and outs, the benefits and, and all that. So, Roger, you're a technological genius, Joshua said. Did you, <laughs> did you literally uh, – and Joshua obviously has the whole you know, mindset of the restaurateur, what's important, the ins and outs, logistics, the operations. So the two of you combined, what a powerful combination, first of all. But where's the brainchild come from? Whose idea was it? And how did you get together? And then what happened? Well, so uh, I'll, start, I'll so- start with the big problem. And the, the big problem is this, and it's and I, I think we all know it inherently to be true. The big problem is that third party masquerades is an infrastructural solution when what it actually is is another marketplace that charges us a premium to get access to our own customers. And we've seen this time and time again as restaurateurs over the years. You know, Open Table masqueraded as reservation software when, again, it was the same marketplace concept charging us a premium for access to the business we've already earned. And so I was on the lookout for a solution, a real solution. All we really need is the infrastructural solution, the technology required to be able to hire drivers, bring them on, schedule them, dispatch them. That's what I thought Uber Eats was, but it's not. It's a marketplace. And so I wondered, is there there that technology out there that could supply me with the delivery infrastructure that I need, the tech that I need to be able to get the job done on my own? I'll still use third-party delivery and pay a premium for new customers. But once they're mine, I want to be able to deploy my team or a team of independent contractors that I hire to be able to deliver to them, to be able to serve them the way I want them served. And that's how I found Roger, because he had already created the solution that I think every restaurateur had already conceptualized. Roger, I will let you take it from here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Um, and, 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 and thanks, Roger, again, for ha- having us and Absolutely. letting us tell the story. Um, yeah. uh, I think, um, you know, uh, the timing is um, it, it's amazing for something what we've built and what's uh, needed in the marketplace. Um, and, and really, where I got my start is uh, my expertise is in forecasting and scheduling. Um, uh, and, and when I mean forecasting, it's forecasting future customer demand and then uh, scheduling hourly workers to meet that customer demand. And uh, this is my fourth company. Uh, I've built three successful ones before and had successful exits. Uh, the last one, we did the scheduling and forecasting for the likes of Disney, uh, 70,000 people in Orlando, uh, uh, 40,000 in Anaheim, uh, and, uh, and the likes of Wells Fargo Bank. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and many other banks and lots of other hospitality retail customers. But what became really obvious was with this predictive technology was that uh, 
managers and business owners became aware uh, of these small periods of time where they needed extra workers in order to service their customers. And once they became aware, they tried to go and hire workers just for these two or three hour shifts for peak demands. And they found that it was really challenging to A, first find them and B, to keep them because people aren't interested in working two, three hour shifts uh, uh, during a week. Um, so how we solved it is with software in our scheduling uh, software where we made it easy for people to work across different departments and different locations. And voila, the problem solved. Uh, and I looked at that and I said, wow, what do these two guys have in common? They have, uh, what they have in common is they have big pools of workers that they can move around and they can cross trade. And, and even though our product started at $100,000 and it was applicable for big companies like Wells Fargo saved $20 million the first year uh, deploying it. Uh, Disney wouldn't tell us what they saved. It was a lot of money, but we do know the first hotel they put it in, uh, in Anaheim, they saved 1.6 million the first year, all by just matching labor to customer demand, not overscheduling or not underscheduling. Awesome. Um, and, and, and so with that uh, in, in, uh, in, in um, experience, uh, I said, you know, the future will be that this technology, you know, as you know, technology gets better, faster, and cheaper. So I knew that there would be a day that we'd be able to build a technology that can go out to the masses that employ hourly workers. And I said, you know what? When they get the predictive technology, they're going to run into the same problem. They're going to become aware of these peak demands that they need to find workers that nobody is going to be willing to come and just work for them for two, three hour shifts in a week. And I said, okay, well, why don't we, and they don't have a big pool of work, workers that they can move around. So I said, why don't we make it so it makes it easy for employees or workers to work across multiple businesses. And this way, the businesses get what they want, which is they only want workers when they need them, and they only want to pay for them when they need them. And Absolutely. workers need to pay their rent, so they get what they want. So we had, so we call that social schedules. Uh, think of hot schedules, but this is social schedules, right? And we rolled that out and we had 40 businesses sharing employees here in San Diego before COVID hit. And then COVID hit and that all, boom, you know, stopped in its tracks. And then I'm looking at the hospitality sector and I'm observing businesses going under. And then I'm observing businesses that are surviving and some are actually doing better than they did. Oh, yes. and, I'm, and, and, and I'm looking at what are those things. And, mm -hmm. and, and I said, okay, well, anybody can do outdoor dining. Okay, that's helping them. If they can have drive-throughs, they're doubling down that, on that and that's great. And then otherwise, it's basically resorting on pickup business or uh, self-delivery business. And, and then I also realized a lot of restaurants aren't equipped to do in-house delivery. And I said, hmm, what's the challenge there? So the software part, we can get that covered. But then the other part, most of these restaurants, again, don't have enough delivery volume to justify keeping full-time drivers. So the same proposition, they only want drivers when they need them. They only want to pay for them when they need them. And... I said, okay, well, we've got the software for that. We can make it easy for drivers to work across multiple restaurants so the drivers get what they need and the restaurants get what they need. And the beautiful thing is, Roger, is that when the drivers are scheduled, 
during the times when there is delivery demand, the service fees and the delivery fees offset the wages of the drivers. And because we're a software play, we're not a marketplace, uh, the restaurants keep 100% of their check. And, uh, and so it's win-win. And the drivers love it because they're getting a, a predictable schedule for the upcoming week predictable earnings for the upcoming week versus if you are on third party uh, uh, delivery um, uh, platforms, you know, I've heard horror stories as long as, uh, as much as two thirds of the time they're waiting around to pick up uh, food to go deliver, right? And that's, they only make money there. So that's um, a, a quick history of, you know, uh, uh, my background and, you know, what we were building and where we have come uh, here uh, uh, with inhousedelivery.com. It always amazes me how you come up with an idea that solves a problem and then you work out all the kinks that have been inherent in the idea. And obviously it, it helps to have your experience in software development and your prior experience and all that went into this. But it sounds like this massive air traffic controlling mission to have multiple people working across multiple restaurants and scheduling them for peak demand periods and to save labor and to save restaurant costs and have it all seamlessly somehow integrate so that it works without any breakdowns in the system. Uh, that's what I'm hearing from you. And I'm hearing that it works. I'm sure that was a real challenge to program that into the perfect piece of software that solves these problems. Am I missing anything? No, no. I it, 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 when it, I think about it myself, Roger. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Now, <laughs> delivery has is, is always been awesome. If you go back in time pre-COVID, you know, I had multiple restaurants and we delivered out of all of them. We had it all in-house. That was before there was the Grubhubs and the Uber Eats and all that kind of stuff. And we just found an opportunity and, and the drivers were happy because they made tips and stuff and, and, they wrote, and they drove around. It was kind of fun. It was social. They met people and all that kind of thing. And it was another profit center for my restaurant. And now COVID hits and restaurants that hadn't done delivery before, the easy default is to just get on with one of these third-party delivery companies, yet with margins down, with traffic down, and profits like upside down and, and restaurants trying to survive, they can't afford to lose any kind of margin and, and not to bring it in-house. So your timing with this is absolutely perfect. And, you know, what happens next? I mean, I'd love to know how easy... Well, there's so many aspects to what you do because whether you've got online ordering platform now in your restaurant or not doesn't matter because you can set it up, okay? So we can set up the platform. I understand that you also can, you know, you subcontract the drivers if the restaurant doesn't already have the drivers. Now, is this only in major markets? Are you rolling this out nationally? If I'm in Topeka, Kansas, can I get this whole thing set up for myself without anything, you know, in place right now? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a very good question. Um, we are, so one of the things that we noticed when we uh, brought the software into play for, for restaurants to do, let them do their own in-house delivery is that the, the folks that were okay with using their own employees as drivers, yeah. we can get them going right away. Mm -hmm. But we found most of the restaurants had never done delivery on their own. Right. Right. And and they it, and and that was a uh, uh, friction point, if you will, uh, to rolling out the pro uh, product. Uh, and 
basically we said, okay, well, what about if we can help you find the drivers when you need as independent contractors that have their own insurance, would that make it easy? And they said, yes. Uh, and so, so that's where driversharing.com was born. Uh, and driversharing.com is that everybody that comes and registers there, they know that they will be working for two or three or four restaurants based on their availability. And they'll be matched up with restaurants that actually have needs during those avail that availability period. Uh, and that's something that now we have launched here in San Diego, uh, which is where we're based. Um, uh, and, and the goal is to quickly roll it out to other markets in the U.S. Uh, only because the U.S. right now is um, experiencing both winter and this big COVID, uh, 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 the, the infection rates are going up. So people are concerned about, uh, you know, dining in or uh, even dining out. Uh, and they would prefer if it's easy for them to have the, have the food delivered. You had mentioned a moment ago about the insurance question, which is a huge issue. Back when I had delivery, insurance was expensive. As soon as my insurance company found out we were delivering, it's like, oh, you know, the, the people are driving around 80 miles an hour to get the food there hot and all that kind of stuff. There's a huge potential liability. I paid a premium for that to add that insurance to my policy. I'm hearing these people are independent contractors. They're self-insured. They have their own insurance. Is that a rock solid sort of protection against any liability against a restaurant if they're using these people in the system, if something were to go awry? Um, and, and that's a very good question. And look, you know, first of all, you know, I'm not an insurance expert or a lawyer. So when you say rock solid, I think uh, people okay. can sue for any reason. Yes, uh, and they anyone. do. Uh, sure. So uh, in terms of that, um, uh, that is the case. But in terms of uh, just our proper due diligence, we've partnered with a company that provides just this service to delivery drivers, and they've been doing this for 25 years, believe it or not. Okay, and, great. Uh, and, and what they're able to do is charge us a per delivery fee mm -hmm. to um, uh, give the drivers what they would miss in terms of uh, if they were part of the restaurant's workers' comp uh, uh, program. So if they get injured on the while doing a delivery, they're covered. And obviously, anybody that's driving needs to have their own car insurance. That is something that we don't provide. Okay, um, of course, and, yes. And, and, and they need to have the rider themselves to make sure that they've told their insurance company that they are also doing a part-time delivery gig. Uh, and, and, and just having that mix and the fact that they are independent contractors, uh, and you know California um, uh, is is a very strict state. I mean, we just had this Proposition 22 come in uh, because we had this law earlier in the year uh, called, passed called AB5 that really clamped down on people saying, "Hey, who's an independent contractor? Who's an employee?" Right. And, right. And 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 us rolling this out in California, we have met that stringent guideline of making sure. The drivers are indeed independent contractors. Uh, so that, you know, so we've gone a long way to make sure these restaurants feel safe, that they've got good people. And you got to realize when I say good people, these are people that work for them over and over again based on their both mutual desire to 
connect to do that. It's not random people that yeah. are coming to come and do the delivery. So they're vetted. Yeah, pretty well. That's right. That's awesome. right. They, they're background checked. They're insured. And then you're also scheduling your drivers using Rogers software. And so what, what's amazing is, is even though they're independent contractors, they become an extension of your team. It's the same guys week in and week out and they know you and they know your business and they're able to answer the customer's questions. That's a really interesting point because from a service perspective, Joshua, you and I are huge on service and on branding Mm -hmm. and on the image of a restaurant and on a reputation of a restaurant. So these people, I would hope, would be brand ambassadors for every restaurant they work for, you know, and they and they're they can wear your your uniform. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. You know, it's yeah. because they're your, they're your people. They're scheduled at yeah. your restaurant, only at your restaurant. Mm-hmm. And, and what we've seen in, in the pilot programs that we've done is, is that there's huge conversion, meaning that customers are more than happy to get off of third-party delivery yeah. and order directly through you. And the reason being, the commitment is, is that you get the food cheaper and you get it faster. And both are true because whether you're charging a premium through Uber Eats or not, Uber Eats is charging the customer a transaction fee, yes. which can be 5 to 10 to 15 to $20, depending on how much food you're ordering, where you're ordering from, what time of day you're ordering. And so it's, you know, it's, it's increasingly more difficult and more expensive for customers to order delivery. And the delivery driver for Uber Eats or Grubhub is going to 10 restaurants before they drop off the food. So this also gets you your food hot and fast. I love it. And that's great. So we're talking about taking control of a situation, but even more importantly, I want to talk about owning the data, right? Because mm-hmm. that was a critical point that you guys made. So these third-party delivery companies are making money hand over fist on the fees that they're charging. But now they're, they're getting the marketing benefits of your customer data that you want to control. So let's talk about how this give, you know, switches the power back to the operator. Well, let's get high level for a minute because I, I, I think in light of the pandemic, yep. there have been many foundational issues which have really come to light. When you look at the restaurants that are really thriving now, what do they all have in common? That they own their customer data. That they had a way, either through social media or through possession of email addresses, to talk to their customer base to say, this is what we're doing. This is how we're pivoting. Please support us in this specific way. And the people that didn't, the people that, that delegated that authority to third-party delivery or to platforms like OpenTable that didn't own their customer data, had no access. They had no method to communicate with their people. So if one thing has become blatantly obvious through the pandemic, it's that you need to own your customer. Absolutely. And through the back end of Roger's software, which everyone has access to, you have the ability to see, Roger, tell me if I miss anything here, but it's you get your customer's name, uh, address, like method of communication, how many times they've ordered, what they've ordered. Roger, did I miss anything? No, no, and 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 uh, and um, uh, and really, all of that data uh, really resides um, in the online ordering platform. And uh, mo- most best of breed cloud based point of sale products now throw in uh, online ordering platform. Um, and so, uh, and and you know, and, and they also have a customer loyalty program. Uh, so to Josh's point, um, 
not only is it easy for the customer then to place an order, but all of that uh, is uh, the data resides with the customer. But let's also talk about feedback because I think feedback is important as well. You know, the situation that we found ourselves in for the last 15 years is that when customers provide valuable feedback, they do it on a public platform. Absolutely. uh, Which is, which is, I think there's some value of that for the customer, but for us, it means that there's no, there's no margin of error. There's no learning curve. Um, Roger's platform provides the opportunity for customers to leave delivery feedback on the driver, on the food, on the overall experience privately so that the restaurateur gets the information that they need. They get the opportunity to make it right or to continue doing the things that customers love. Uh, It's huge, man. It's huge. Roger, can you talk about on the customer side what the experience is like through the uh, the dispatch and delivery process? You you you, you betcha. So um, so I spoke about the fact that you know the system will help you determine you know how many drivers you need um, and uh, and uh, and and have them scheduled uh, and uh, and then at the time of delivery. Uh, the delivery driver basically gets uh, an optimized route to go to make that delivery. Uh, And if they're doing, you know, three drop-offs, which one to go to first, Uh, they have the ability to contact the driver if they need that. Uh, On the uh, customer side, the customer basically gets the ability to track the driver, just like the Uber experience. Uh, get a real-time ETA, right? Because what's the biggest thing on the customer's mind? Hey, where's my food and when am I going to get it, right? Uh, and if that tracking information, real-time ETA information isn't enough, the customer can also contact the driver, right? Yeah, and then the restaurant can track the driver, make sure that the food was delivered at the right time, at the right place, basically have proof of delivery. Uh, and... Uh, as Josh mentioned, you know, uh, a feedback from how, what was the delivery experience like? Uh, again, just back to the restaurant. I can't think of anything you missed here. <laughs> like all the bases are covered. It's such a well thought out platform. The, the one thing that I do want to talk about, because I, I, I think it's incredibly important in the spirit of transparency. I know everybody's thinking the same thing as they listen to this, right? One, it sounds too good to be true. And two, I bet it is incredibly expensive. So I'll talk about the California market because that's, that's where we're housed currently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all you pay for, especially if we're supplying the independent contractors is $15 an hour for the driver, which is minimum wage here in California. And you pay $2 per delivery, which is, which is what we take to provide the insurance and, and the delivery platform. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's wow. the whole thing. And to $2, add, $2 per delivery. Yeah. And, and to add to that, Josh, the $15 per hour um, gets offset by the delivery uh, fees and the service fees that the customers were already willing to pay. And they're not an exorbitant amount, uh, reasonable numbers like $5, $7, 50, something like that. And you know, one other thing I wanna just throw out there because there was an article in the New York Times that I read a while back where a lot of third party folks were actually experimenting with changing menu prices, not to be lower, but to be higher. 
And then one other thing to consider, that whole customer data stuff, some of them are actually experimenting with looking at what's popular by region and then actually building ghost kitchens out to actually compete with their own so-called restaurant customers. Those are some things to be mindful of. It's not, it's not uh, fully out there, but that is on uh, their, their radar. This is, this is um, unbelievable how all these little details have come together. Let's talk a little bit about online ordering platforms. Now, if a restaurant already has an online ordering platform, great, but I understand that you can provide that as well. So does that integrate with any POS system that any operator has? Let's talk about how all that works. Yeah, so there, there are uh, quite a few uh, good solutions out there um, uh, for online ordering. And uh, it's not one size fits all, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, you've got technologies like Go technologies that, you know, interfaces with products like Touch and uh, some of the other uh, uh, point of sale uh, products. Um, and they all list them on their website who they do uh, integrate with. And then you've got, you know, products like Zuppler. Uh, there is a really cool, interesting one that's up and coming called Soup. Uh, it's actually made by the gentleman that made the point-of-sale product called PC America. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, he sold that uh, point-of-sale product to Heartland uh, uh, many years ago. Uh, and Soup is interesting because it enables uh, customers to order not just from a uh, a web browser uh, menu-based system, but via SMS. Because Rich, uh, the founder, basically said, hey, Raj, most of the time when people order food, they're ordering from their seven or eight restaurants that they've ordered from before. And more than likely, they're ordering basically kind of same thing that they ordered there last time. And if we make it, and, and he did a study, rather than going to the menu and doing the pick list and all of that, he showed me doing the SMS was the fastest way to get the repeat order, what they ordered uh, from that particular restaurant. So there's interesting stuff happening in the online ordering uh, space as well. Let's talk about SMS for a moment because that, that strikes that whole marketing piece that we were talking about, owning the data, the, you know, all the, you know, the, uh, the information that you get about the customers and what they order and how frequently they order. And now you can target these people. Is there a seamless, fairly simple way of taking all that data and turning that into, you know, text messages and just sending out promotions based on oh, people yeah. perceiving that they are an important customer to you, that you're recognizing them as, as an individual person and then getting a compelling message to them through all this technology. You, 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 you bet. So the, the technology has gotten to a stage where it, it's all available and it's all cheap enough and easy enough to use uh, that wasn't a, uh, available in the past uh, yeah. to smaller companies. And, you know, awesome. what, what do I mean by that? It's, uh, you know, I mean, airlines knew this right off the bat. It's like, they created their customer loyalty, but again, they understood who their valuable customers were, right, right. and they and they started treating them differently. Yes. Uh, and 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 same thing on the restaurant side. You know, you would be able to identify your valuable customers, but then also know that wait a second, this guy has ordered food from me once a week for the last umpteen weeks, 
And now he hasn't ordered from me in the last three weeks. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time to reach out yes. and offer them a 20% off coupon or, uh-huh. yeah. or, uh, or even things like when they send a review that the delivery was off, the next time the delivery takes place, well, more importantly, come back and it, when the delivery, something's uh, wrong with that experience, it, reach out and say, hey, uh, you know what? Very sorry. We're going to make it up to you. But then next time, actually, when they do order, they have the power to then reach out and follow up if need be on a phone call. Hey, did we make that right? Did we include that extra order of egg rolls uh, or whatever that was? And and talk about making customers feel special. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Let's go back to the feedback just for a second because we're still sort of on that topic. So I really like the fact that this is private information. It's shared. You can have an opportunity to make any problem right before it happens, before you get a negative online review and all that. Is there some sort of way that if delivery becomes a big part of the business model of a restaurant, they're using your platform is there a way that I'm instantly notified or something is flagged that I've got a negative issue that I need to deal with because I got a thousand other details in running my restaurant. How do I suddenly know unless I've got a dedicated person watching every single feedback or review that comes in before a customer goes somewhere else to share that negative information? Yeah, no, that's, that's very good point. Um, and, uh, that's not in our software today. Uh, but that is, on the roadmap, uh, okay. and the reason I mentioned that is again being in California and being in scheduling software. California has this rule that if somebody works, uh, I believe, a three-hour shift, they're entitled to a ten-minute rest break. Yeah, and 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 if they don't get that, uh-huh. their business is open to you know some yeah. issues, uh, right. liability yep. issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and and the key word is they need to be offered that. They did the, the employees. Don't need to be, you know, you don't need to babysit to make sure they actually do it. Yes. But in our software, believe right. it or not, we have it. Like if somebody's working a three-hour shift in our software right now, it'll alert the manager and the employee that, hey, buddy, you haven't taken your rest break yet. And the manager gets that notification as well. Yeah. And they can walk up and say, hey, you need to go do that. Right. So and it, and that gets along. So what I'm saying is, is that's we have already have that kind of technology and it's very easy for us to port over for the review. We can determine, hey, is it a two-star review that should uh, determine the threshold or, or one-star in alert? And then, like you said, get on it while it's top of mind for everybody. Let's talk about onboarding and the process. Let's just say I'm a new restaurant customer. I'm listening to this podcast. I'm intrigued by what I hear. I need to do this in my business. So we talked about lots of different scenarios. We talked about those restaurants that already have online ordering capabilities. We talked about those that don't. We talked about those that may have an in-house delivery team already, but they don't have the scheduling software dialed. And then we talk about those people that don't have any of this. How is the onboarding process? How long does it take? Um, How complicated is it depending on what my situation is? And how do you work on a personal level with each customer to get them dialed and rocking and rolling? This is the best part of the software. So um, it really is because, you know, one one of the things that I told Roger, because, you know, we all work 80 to 100 hour weeks, right? So like, 
And, and as, as we have all seen so many times, when you acquire a new software, a new technology, it's like acquiring another job, right? It's one more thing to be responsible for. And so as sold as I was, when we, Roger and I initially had the conversation, I was like, man, this has to be easy. Oh, like yeah. it's got to be, it's got to be so easy that I can onboard mindlessly, and it's got to be so easy that the dumbest person on my team can master right. it in under five minutes, because that's the reality of the situation. And, and so, you know, Roger's commitment to me that it was as easy and as hands off as third party delivery. And when he walked me through the demo, I was absolutely floored. Uh, in terms of onboarding, you onboard in less than an hour. That's it. If you if you reside in an area where we have a pool of drivers, we can get you up and running in a day or two. And then again, it's no different than scheduling your own team. You know, through through the the AI powered software that Rogers created, um, you're able to get predictive uh, pre- predictive scheduling as soon as we have enough customer data or sales data to be able to, to intelligently schedule you out. But you already kind of have a vibe, right, as a restaurant owner for when you're going to need those people, yes, when you're yes, not. Right. Um, and so it's, I mean, it, it couldn't be more seamless. It's, everything's drag and drop. It's all, it's this beautiful graphic user interface. It's, I dig it. And it's sort of branded to the restaurant, customized graphically, all that stuff is possible too? Great question. So the, the, the most beautiful thing about the service is that it's in, invisible to the customer. The customer will never know mm. that it exists. It, it is all an extension oh. of your team. Yeah. Because that, that's yeah. the goal, right? The goal is end-to-end mm-hmm. control. Roger, one thing that you and I have agreed upon since we met a year and a half ago is that if you don't control that end-to-end customer experience, you're opening yourself up to, to liability and the potential for, for failure and missteps. And so, the, you know, this solves that completely. Other Roger, did I miss anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's, uh, you know, and uh, I have to tell you, you know, I, I interview drivers, I, I, I talk to restaurants and God, there's so many people out right now looking for work. Uh, and at the yes. same time, the yes. restaurants mm-hmm. right now, they feel like, forget the pain point, they feel like they can't breathe, you know, uh, and, uh, and th- th- this is uh, a-, a ray of hope for both. Uh, and uh, we're just, uh, uh, you know, pushing hard to get it out there as fast as we can. So you guys are generously offering 30 days free for Restaurant Rockstars listeners on this uh, platform. And yep. is it is it as simple as just going to inhousedelivery.com and they get their 30 days? There's sort of a button there that says, hey, check it out. Absolutely. Uh, if, if you log in through, uh, if you sign up through inhousedelivery.com um, and th- there will be an opportunity to put in the reference for Restaurant Rockstars, um, we'll reach out to you within 24 hours and we'll get you set up at no cost. There you go. Okay, fantastic. Anything else you guys want to talk about? We've covered a lot of ground today. We have covered a lot of ground. Um, you know, the, the last thing that I would say is is this, and it comes from a really personal place. Um, you know, I, 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 as you and I have discussed before, Roger, I filed for unemployment in March uh, when I closed the restaurant. And I was surprised as anyone that, one, we had to close, and two, that we weren't going to be able to reopen. 
Yeah. And, you know, being a Michelin rated restaurateur, I thought I had everything covered. I thought I knew all there was to know and I had reached the pinnacle in the industry. And realizing how many foundational issues there were within my own business really highlighted for me how many foundational issues there are within the industry at large. And we've, we've all spent the last eight months trying to figure out what do we need to take in-house and what do we need to delegate? How do we take control of our business? Um, and, and, you know, I, I was so excited to come on board with Roger and, and, you know, advocate and evangelize this service because it works and it's cheap and, and it's, it is the right solution at the right time. And so I'm excited to be a part of it. Um, for anyone that wants to try it, there are no contracts or no onboarding fees. Um, you just, just come try it. See what you think. Well, I don't endorse things lightly, Joshua, but you know, after our history and everything you've done and everything I know about you and now meeting Roger, it's like, I think this is something that my audience needs to check out. I mean, it's the perfect timing. We talked about that. It's the perfect solution to take control, to own the data, to, you know, get rid of those crazy fees and to really be able to market to your best customers and build what I call affinity. So I think you guys came up with a winning solution here. We're trying to save the industry here, man. <laughs> yep. Yes. And it's been a humbling experience for all of us. But okay. you know what? As we all know, this is a passionate business and we're resilient and we don't take no for an answer and we keep charging forward and we don't give up. And you're giving people, you know, tools with which to improve their business and, you know, give them new renewed passion for what they're doing. And it's all about communicating with the customer, marketing the customer, and developing that relationship. And you're helping to do that. So I'm really glad you guys uh, joined me today. Man, I'm so glad you gave us the opportunity to share the good news. All right, audience. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Make sure you check out inhousedelivery.com. My best thanks to Joshua Capel and Roger Avats of inhousedelivery.com. Thanks, guys, for joining us, and we will see you all in the next episode. Take care and stay well. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Wasn't that a great episode with Joshua and Roger? And what a cool platform they've come up with. The timing is perfect, as we talked about. It's like during COVID, it's like most operators have had to pivot. We've had to take on online ordering. I'm doing it in my own restaurant today. And delivery, you know, we, we have our own in-house delivery thing as well. It's something that is another profit center that you just can't overlook. So check it out. And why not take advantage of their free trial? You know, go to in-house delivery dot com and just uh, type in the code restaurant rockstars get a free 30-day trial on this it's really really cool again the air traffic control of online ordering and delivery at your fingertips that literally gives you the customer data and control back over your business saves you lots of money it's a pretty cool thing if you like what you're hearing, again, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or someone you'd like me to interview or talk to, send me a line, Roger, R-O-G-E-R, at restaurantrockstars.com. And if you're looking for systems to run a stronger, more profitable operation, look no further than restaurantrockstars.com. We have a whole series of turnkey systems that'll dial in and transform your operation. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant, Restaurant Rockstars, Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. See you next time.